I don't think anything else in the world. I can't remember anything being serious enough for me to cry about other than my children. And whatever else happened in my life, it was like, oh well. Oh well. But it didn't take nothing for me to cheer up when it came to you guys. You guys were not judgmental. You didn't need to know why things were a certain way. As long as daddy loved you and I would go to hell to bat or anything else for you guys. Um, if you really want to get me cranked up for real, mess with my children. But I've had a good life, baby. Uh, not an easy life, but things that I took pleasure from, most pleasure from, were from my children. Well, not many men has been afforded that. And welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode. Actually, this is the inaugural episode. It's not even another episode of Real Dads at Work. Um, for the inaugural episode, I decided um, who else to uh, interview, who else to speak to other than uh, my big brother. My big brother, Will. Uh, father to retired, kind of still working, kind of living his uh, just living his life, taking it easy. I decided to bring him on and chit-chat with him. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, William Jenkins. William Jenkins. <laughs> Big bro, what's happening, guy? How are you today? Not much, but I'm telling how you feeling, man. Hey, man, I'm out here just chilling, you know, sitting in the house with the uh, with the little ones. I got them on mute right now. Hopefully, they'll stay mute, and um, we can rock and roll through the show, my guy. So, uh, good to me. you know, this is my podcast. It's something I've been wanting to start for um, for fathers for a while, just to kind of give us a platform, give us some place where we can uh, change, change the narrative, let people know that we do take care of our kids. We are uh, positive influences and we out here doing our thing and being what we're supposed to be. So, um, start off like this. Uh, so you have two kids. You have a um, daughter, Britt, the first baby of the, uh, of the family. You have Brittany, then you have Brandon. So you have two kids. Correct. So, um, having your, having your first kid, how was that? How was the um, adjustment to parenthood for you? Oh man, having the first uh, first child, my daughter Brittany, was a, a, a super adjustment. Um, as being a young man, just uh, trying to learn how to have to be home and be there for somebody. Uh, it's one thing to be in a relationship and love somebody, and it's another thing to have a child love that child. Um, two totally different types of love. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Okay. True that, true that. And what was one of your first, uh, I'll say one of your first lessons as a, uh, as the new father? Oh, one of the first lessons uh, I can recall is that, uh, the babies sleep on their own schedule. <laughs> that was, that was one of my <laughs> first lessons. Um, they sleep when they feel like sleeping, and it's your job to get your nap when they nap. Uh, True, uh, indeed. I definitely learned that the hard way. Uh, being a young father and having to not young, I was I was uh, twenty seven at the time, uh, but just being a new dad and 
having a fiance and trying to understand life all in one shot uh, was a bit much. Um, but it's nothing that a man who is willing to be a father cannot adjust to. Um, it was the times when the my fiance would be working a regular job from seven to three, and I was working a job where I happened to work from six at night to four in the morning. And it was very tough because starting off as a new family, didn't have the money for the babysitter. So we sort of compromised. And then when I come home at four o'clock, I would go to sleep and she would leave the house at 6.30 to go to work. And Brittany would wake up at about uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Mm. So if anybody knows you come in at 4, 4.30 in the morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock is not an ideal time for you to wake up. Not um, at all. But she would be in full force and, you know, babies want to play. They want their bottle. They need to be changed. They want to roll from side to side on the bed. So it was it was definitely, a, that was my first learning experience. Uh, during the day, if she would doze off at about 11. Uh, I had to understand that that doesn't mean for me to go watch TV and wash dishes. It means for me to take a nap, too, because when she wakes back up at 1, she's ready for action. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> if you ain't rested, then that's just going to roll <laughs> right over into the next hour, into the next hour, and into the next hour. Absolutely. Oh, man. So you so you had Brittany, so y'all y'all working it out, y'all compromising, you learning your you learning your uh your sleep schedule. So you mentioned babysitters. So when you first started uh sending her to babysitter, sending her to daycare, what was that uh what was that feeling like? What was that apprehension of, like? Oh, uh, the the apprehension is deep. Um we were so apprehensive that we never even did a babysitter. We waited for her to be old enough to go to daycare. Um, and, you know, looking back on it now, would you have done it differently? You really don't know. Um, but we waited. We toughed it out. Um, doing those hours and both of us juggling back and forth, uh, we were able to wait until she was ready to go to daycare. And uh, before she went to daycare, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that she knew how to tell us that something was wrong. Mm. Um, and that's a major factor that some parents may uh, misconstrue or overlook because they're just trying to get the child to go to some type of um, care so they can get back to work to make the money, which we all know in today's society, it pretty much both parents have to work in order for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to tough it out. Um, had a little help from some family members on certain days. But we were able to tough it out and uh, wait for her to be able to go to daycare. And uh, one of the things we did is the first September, she was age enough, age appropriate for daycare. Uh, we held her back and we waited until that next year because we didn't feel she was able to tell us if something was wrong. So that's the main thing um, for us. It was making sure that she was going to be able to communicate to us if somebody did something wrong to her, somebody touched her, somebody hit her, whatever the case may be. Um, we toughed it out until we felt she was able to be able to go to daycare and then she would come home, be able to tell us, oh, I had a cracker for snack today. Oh, they didn't give me my juice today. So um, that was our thing. Mm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So when you, um, so you guys moved on to that and you had, um, and you had Brandon, like how far apart are you again? They are four years apart. Four years apart. So now you got Brittany about to, uh, about to start like, uh, pretty much first grade and all of that. And you, and you starting over, did the same type of apprehensions or did the same type of mindset flow into him or were you guys on some, 
we know what to do now and um and shipped him off to the daycare and everything um no uh the apprehension was still there and i will say i do know a lot of parents that say oh once you had the first one you're a pro at the second one um in my case that wasn't the case and i i disagree with that notion only because as we know every child is different mm-hmm. um and with that being said uh, my Daughter Brittany started off more as a very quiet, very shy kid, didn't take to anybody, so it took her longer to become comfortable with people. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, my son Brandon, he was he would go to anybody. He didn't care who it was. And he was just ready for <laughs> he ready for action. <laughs> yeah, he was just ready. Yeah, he, he didn't care. He, the, a lady in the grocery store say hi, he'd take her hand and go right with her. <laughs> wow, wow, was, wow, um, wow. It was the difference between the two of them. Um, so we treated his situation a little different. Um, did we let him go to daycare before he was able to tell us if something was wrong? Um, we did. We did. We let him start daycare a little earlier um, than we did with Brittany. Um, and it's just the difference in the children. And then, you know, fast forward, the children change. Now, you know, she's 22 and he's 18 and she's the outgoing one. She's the butterfly. She talks to everybody and he just keeps to himself. So <laughs> they totally changed from what they were when they were little. <laughs> Got you, and um, you know everybody evolves, everybody switches up. They become um, they come into their own as they grow older. So raising raising um raising a boy and raising a girl, both at pretty much young ages. What what were some of the uh, similarities? What were some of the differences that you noticed or that you had to deal with? Um. Similarities, I would say that they are both very much uh, children that need attention and need love, as all children do. Um, some are a little more needier than others, but both of my children were uh, in need of love because they received a lot of attention. So they were the type where they sort of seeked it out because that's what they were used to getting. Um, that's the similarities that I saw. Um, the differences in the two of them, um, I, I really, as, at a young age, there really was no difference. I think the difference for me, I started to notice when they both became older, as they started to, one started to go to high school and one was getting ready for middle school. That's when I could sort of see the difference in them separating. Um, one becoming, uh, this person that was outgoing and had a hundred friends and the other one becoming the young man that just sort of stayed in his room and did his homework. Um. So, you know, you see the difference as they evolve. Um, my my daughter, Brittany, can study for a test the night before and go get a 98 on it the next day. Whereas my son, Brandon, he's got to study for um, starting this Monday for a test next Monday. Um, so it's pretty much the difference I saw was more so in their habits, um, not so much them, themselves as in he likes ice cream and she doesn't. That really wasn't a problem. A lot of that was similar. The, the difference in them was just their ability to do things. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So let me um let me step back for a second to um childbirth. Were you in the room for the birth of your children? Yes, for both of them. Were they natural childbirths or C sections? Both were natural. Both were natural. So um I've called it the most beautiful, disgusting thing you will ever see in life. And then a part of mine calls it the beautiful disaster. What was your, what was your, your, your view of that whole, just everything that goes on? Yeah. What is your experience of everything that goes on in that moment? 
<laughs> well, I would have to say that both of you guys are right. Um, <laughs> but I will decide, I will side more with your terminology. Um, it's definitely the most beautiful, disgusting thing <laughs> that you will ever witness. Um, it's beautiful. And the thing that makes it beautiful is because of the emotional part of it. Yeah, true. The actual physical part of it is totally disgusting, <laughs> without question. <laughs> I don't know. If any guy tells me any different, I want to know what he saw. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> the, the part that makes it beautiful is the emotion of it. You, while the, while the woman holds the child in her body for nine months, you may not be holding that child in your body physically, but you're doing the same things. If you're, if you're that man that's with her and y'all live together, whether you're married or you're not married, if y'all live together, you're experiencing what she's experiencing minus the actual physical pain, the emotions, sleepless yeah. um, nights, all those things you're experiencing. Um, so that makes you so much more emotionally attached than a man who doesn't live with the, the mother or the, or the woman that he's having a child with. Mm, um, true. So for me, it, it's the most beautiful thing because of the emotional attachment. The yeah. actual physical aspect, I don't care what anybody says, it's totally disgusting. <laughs> yes. That's the way I look at it because it's beautiful. Like you said, it's beautiful because of the emotions. It's beautiful because of, like, it's another human being coming out of another human being. But, like, all the yeah. extra stuff that's going on, oh, man, that is disturbing. You just, it's something you never, you never forget. You never kind of like, it's always going to be a picture in your mind, but you're like, oh man, I was sitting there looking at that. Like, why didn't I look exactly, away? Exactly. But you can't look away because <laughs> it's life, man. It's life happening. So you can't look away, but that is not something that you would want to see on a regular day, man. Not at all. No, no, that's something that you definitely have to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> true indeed. True indeed. Um, so both, both your children are now high school graduates. So you know that that's huge. Clap it up for that. Clap it up for that. You got two high school graduates. What uh, were the emotions different in the um, in the events for the for the two of them? Um, uh, I would say no. I think they both um, experienced experienced had different experiences in high school, um, but both of them um, had positive experiences to the point where they were happy with their high school time and, and accepting their diplomas and, and graduating. Uh, they both ended up going to different high schools, but uh, they both had uh, genuine experiences, my, in my opinion. Gotcha. So when you, the joy you felt for one walking across the stage is pretty much the same for the other. Oh, absolutely. Because they both worked hard. They worked hard in a different ways, but they both worked hard. Got you. So, uh, so we move forward. Now you have, um, now we're at the, uh, graduation of Brittany. What was, cause that was, that was recent. Well, I mean, she graduated, well, like a year ago, but they just recently did the, um, official graduation because yeah, of COVID and all right. that. So exactly. seeing her actually, even though it was already official, she was a graduate, but seeing her walk across that stage and get that diploma, how was that? Oh, that was that was awesome. Um, you know, as as parents, we always want our kids to do more than what we did. Um, even though my wife and I are both college graduates, to see your child graduate from college is a whole nother level. Only because 
you know the odds that are out there nowadays. There's so many kids not graduating from from college. They, they mm-hmm. you know, they graduate from high school and they and they they call it quits from there because either they don't want to be bothered or they they feel like it's not a benefit to them. Yeah. Um, while I'm not against entrepreneurship, every everything is like every child just wants to be entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur after you get your college degree. Um, I, I did a lot of research on looking at jobs, and even to be a garbage man now, they want you to have a high school diploma. Yes. So, it, you know, in a sense, that devaluates the high school diploma. Um, so you, you want to go on to that next level to get that, that college degree. Um, 90% of us don't, don't do anything that has to do with our college degree. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> the point is that you have that paper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say out of uh, about 100 people I know, maybe 10 of them are doing what they actually went to college for. True um, indeed. But that's fine. That's fine. We have that paper and that's something that they can't take away from you. Um, on top of that, my my, uh, my daughter happened to be able to graduate from a historically black college. She went to Clark. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's another big achievement. Um, just to have her fill the hallways and to fill the void that so many of her ancestors went through and fought for, um, to see her walk across that stage with that degree was absolutely beautiful. Um, when COVID happened and everything got shut down, she was totally destroyed by it. Um, but in a sense, the president who I respect a lot happened to be the new president for that year. He promised them that he would bring them back to let them walk across the stage. And he kept his promise. Mm. And, um, you know, the first thing came out of her mouth, you know, dad, you know, they're having a graduation. You think I'll be able to go? I said, it's without question. You'll be able to go and your, me and your mother and your brother will be there too. Or whoever else we can get tickets for will be there too. <laughs> so, it was, uh, you know, it definitely was a, um, a, a great experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, I like what you talked about there for a second. I want to touch on it. Now, raising a kid, would you have ever raised them to be let's say because you spoke about them going to college and how you think they should and probably need to go to college would you have ever raised somebody to just Brandon but it just came to you and said you know what I want to be an electrician that's what I want to do that's my goal that's my strive no college I'm gonna finish high school I'm gonna go to trade school and I'm gonna learn how to be an electrician how would you have reacted to that my response would have been I'm gonna support you in whatever you want to do um, I'm just going to tell you my opinion and why I feel like you can be that electrician, but you should still go to college. Um, but if he said, I hear you, I understand everything you're saying to me, but this is what I want to do, I'm not against it. You know, you can't force somebody to go learn if they don't want to learn. Uh, and and I, I learned that at an early age because I was, uh, um, I played basketball in high school and college. I'm a big basketball guy. And at the age of six, my son came to me and I had him in basketball. And he said, Dad, uh, I really don't want to play basketball. At that point, <laughs> I'm losing you there, guy. Bear with us, people. Then got lost in there. Will, you still there? I'm losing you. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm there you sorry. go. There you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you know, so if he were, you know, at the age of seven, he said he doesn't want to play basketball. You know, I accepted that. And I said, you know, well, just do something to keep yourself active. Gotcha. Um, and I let him play baseball. But, you know, it's, so for me, I would try to explain it to you, the pros and the benefits of having that college degree. But it, I know a lot of people that didn't go to college and they're very successful. Um, 
but they had a, they worked hard at it. So mm-hmm. my thing is, are you willing to put that work in? Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I think, and I think that's good. I think um, we do have to support our kids, and we do have to push our kids in the direction they want to go or the direction that we think is best for them. But I think it's also a lot of reality that needs to be explained and delivered to kids because oftentimes they watch these people who make it and they watch these, whether it be celebrities or whether it be just a guy down the block that they know and they know is an entrepreneur is a um, trade worker or something like that. And they see them, they see their success and they think I want to do that. And they don't put into thought the time, effort and hard work it takes to become that person. They just look at the success side of it, not knowing that for every one, um, let's say, let's use basketball. For every one LeBron James, there's probably like 100,000 Chris Johnsons who just ain't put the work in, ain't do what they're supposed to do, didn't go to practice, so on and so forth, that didn't make it. But they see LeBron James, they like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make it to the league. All I got to do is this. So I think it's real I mean, that's, important that's a, that we that's do that. A, that's 100% true. I have to agree with you totally. Um, you have to, and that's why I said I would just sit him down and explain to him the pros and cons of not going to college um, and then let him make his decision from there. Sometimes do we know our child and we know that our child doesn't need the freedom to make a decision? Absolutely. You know, that's, <laughs> that's you as a parent knowing your child, you know? Uh, so it's um, it's up to you to help them, you know, go in the right direction without turning them off from you. Um, I've seen some parents write their kids off. Well, you're not going to do what I say, so then you could just go ahead about your business. Mm. I don't. I don't believe in that. Um, I believe in support. Um, you're not going to do what I ask you to do. All right. Well, I'm going to be here for you emotionally, but financially, you're going to have to do your own thing because mm. I, I I tried to steer you in the right direction. So I'll still be here. I'm still going to be your dad. I'm still going to be here to pray for you. I'm still going to be here for you to come and talk to me and tell me about your problems. So if you come to me and tell me you need a loan for forty thousand dollars, I'm gonna tell you I ain't got it. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's just the way that's just the way it goes. And I and I like what you talked about, and I have to agree with you because I have quite a number of friends who are entrepreneurs and started their own business. And I have a couple of them that opened up wine stores, some of them that open up uh, franchise stores, and I have a couple that are successful. But I also have a couple that ended up landing flat on their face because it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they didn't put in the work. They put in the work, but it just didn't work out. So it doesn't work out for everybody. Exactly. So my thing is get your college degree because you can go be that electrician. But let's say one day something happens and you get blackballed by an electric company because you took some of their customers. You took a big time company's customers and you have a small business and they blackball you. So now you can't get work. You know what? I still have my degree. I can go do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, that, that's my that's, that's my train of thought. Yeah, and I'm. It could be because of the way we were raised, where like our parents, especially our mom, she she taught us get you a government job, get you a city job, get you something where you know you can get a constant check, and they can't just walk you out when they want to. So I think a lot of times Absolutely. it's it has a whole lot to do with what we how we were raised, but then it's also our life lessons and. Through our life lessons, we've seen people around us, we've seen people we know. Like I said, some of them worked out, some of them didn't. And it's all about what do you have to back up? What do you have as that safety net? And I think we were raised to make sure we have a safety net, make sure we have something that when all else fails, we can go ahead and put that uniform, put that suit on, and go get a steady paycheck for however long till we can bounce back into 
what we really want to do or what our love to do or whatever you want to word it. So I think right. I think that's why we're very like minded on that. Now B, now we have Brandon. Brandon is now in college and preparing him for college from the outside looking in. Well, I'm kind of like halfway. I'm like one foot in, one foot out. But it appears to be those were two totally different experiences preparing them for college. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Two totally different experiences. Um, so that comes down to what I talked about uh, previously about knowing your child. Um, my my uh, daughter, like I said, is very last minute. She gets last minute. She, she's always been that way. She gets things done. Preparing her for college. Um, after she graduated from high school, she graduated in that May. Uh, she didn't decide on going to Boston and almost the end of August, right, right before the deadline. She committed to Clark because she went there on a, a hold tight, hold tight for a second. Hold on a second. All right, there we go. I think you're back. I don't know what's going on. I'm having a bunch of te- technical difficulties today. There you go. You say um you said she didn't decide till the last minute to go. Right. She didn't decide till the last minute to go. Whereas my son Brandon graduated high school and he knew where he wanted to go from junior year and he was already focused on it. So the preparation is totally different. Uh, when my daughter I was running around at the last minute, but this guy is no running around. He knew what he wanted to do. Um he knew where he wanted to go and he's He's that type of kid that's a little more like less outgoing. So I would never um, send my son to an HBCU because he's not that type of kid. Mm -hmm. Um, HBCUs are aggressive. Um, There's a lot of activities going on. It's a small setting. Um, That's not his style. My daughter flourished in that style. That's not his style. He's more of a PWI type of P, uh, predominantly white institution. Um, but he needs a big institution. He needs a whole campus he where he can roam and fit in and, and, you know, do different things. Gotcha. So it's just a difference in your child. You just got to know your child. But yeah, the experience, the experience was extremely different between the both. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I want you to talk about the uh, the relationship you and Brittany have because you all have a unique father daughter relationship. Whereas, oftentimes the father and the daughter, as the daughter gets older, they tend to split. The daughter will go off and kind of develop into her own way, be her own person. And no, I'm an adult now. I don't need daddy. But you all, your relationship has seemed to grown closer and stronger the older she's gotten how have you all been able to do that what was the i want to say secret but what were some of the things that went on that was able to bring you to closer and for you all to stay closer as she got older um well one of the main things is that in any relationship um any marriage or, or any partnership or whatever you what situation you may have there's always a good parent and a bad parent. I mean, I don't, I don't anybody can say what they want to say. There's always a good parent and a bad parent. Um, one parent has to be a little more strict and the other parent has to be a little more lenient. Um, in my situation, I'm in, in both of uh, my kids' uh, lives, I'm the lenient parent. 
So not lean as in I let them get away with whatever they want to get away with, but lean in the sense that I, I don't yell, I don't scream, I just listen. And then we have a conversation. Mm, okay. So if, if, you know, my daughter was going through high school and, you know, I'll just give you one a quick example. She went out one day and she wasn't supposed to, she wasn't supposed to stay out past nine o'clock. Uh, she ends up coming home at 10 o'clock at night. Her mother was irate. You know, you know, you weren't supposed to be out that late. On top of that, you didn't call and tell us where you were at. And, you know, being a concerned parent, she was highly upset. Um, me, something that I learned from our father is that sometimes you got to take a step back. So I was the one to take the step back and sit down and wait for the, the yelling and the screaming and the chastising to finish and then say, did you have a good time? <laughs> All right, well, you know, you can't, you know, you can't go out for the next two weeks. Right. So I hope you had a good time. I hope it was worth it. Um, you know, so by the way, what'd you do? And just have a conversation. So me being that calm parent and having that conversation with her on a regular basis is the things that made our relationship so much stronger. Um, like I mentioned, she was running around to the last minute deciding where she was going to go. I didn't say, you got to pick a school right now. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not helping you no more. No, nope. jumped in the car, drove to Pennsylvania, jumped in the car, drove to Philly two weeks before decision time, just for her to see different schools. Mm. Because I want you to know that no matter what, I'm here to support you. Whether you make the wrong decision or the right decision, you can always come tell me about it, and I'm not going to judge you. We're going to have a conversation about it. I'm going to tell you where I feel you was wrong, and I'm going to tell you where I feel you can do better. And it's just a conversation. So that's what's made our relationship so strong. I just have conversations. Um, you know, even And it still happens to this day. You know, So um, I, I think that's what makes the difference for me. Yeah, and, and, and it's um, it's amazing because I, I speak to other uh, dads who have daughters her age, and it's not that the love isn't there, but the, the bond that they share, I don't see it like I see the two of you. Like, it's not many people who made dads and daughters who their daughter's that age where they're, like, on the phone talking all the time or kind of like when y'all with each other, y'all just sitting around or y'all walking, y'all doing stuff. A lot of times it's a around this age, there's a gap where the daughter kind of branches off for a while and they just they don't want to be under their dad. They want to live life and do what they want to do. And then they come back and then they're back to uh, daddy's little girl like they were when they were younger. So the fact that you all have that relationship is pretty admirable and it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Like I think where I'm at now with Katie, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but like she just be off on her <laughs> own. But then every once in a while, you no, know, she'll she'll do that where she wants to be up under me and we're like we're like besties. We're sitting around talking and playing. But I would love to have what you all have as she gets older. And she's getting older to the point where soon it's going to be time to go to college. So I hope we have that relationship so that when she goes to college, not that I'm going to be totally relieved, but I can be, you know, somewhat relaxed because I know she's going to call me. I know she, when she's here, she's going to be up under me and we're going to talk about whatever oh, yeah. she has going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And I, and I think that can happen. Um, from what the interaction that I see you have and I see a lot of other guys have with their daughters, is that you're trying to be there for them, and it's just a fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me when I tell you, it's not that it's very—it's not that it's simple. I mean, you may look at it and think like, "Oh man, how'd you do that? That was so easy." Um, it wasn't that easy because a lot of times I had to swallow my anger um, mm. because I know that my anger is only going to push her away. Got it. So I would rather you be cool with me and tell me what's going on, and me to swallow that 
as opposed to me lashing out at you and then not knowing anything. Got you, um, got you. So that's that's what my perspective was. Got you. Um, you know, I'm at, I mean, the relationship is to the point where um, I remember her freshman year at college. Uh, she was there, and I told her, you know, be careful when you go out. I know you're a New York City kid, but you're in Atlanta now. You don't know the place like that. Um, just be careful when you go out. And I really would suggest to you that you don't really go to no house party. <laughs> um, but of course, her and some of her friends go to a house party. Um, you know, it's in one of the uh, little less desirable areas in, in uh, the outskirts of Atlanta. And um, goes to the party, and now I'm at home, and it's about say it's about twelve o'clock, about midnight, and my cell phone rings. So not the house phone, but my cell phone. And I pick up my cell phone, hello, and all I can do is hear her in the background crying hysterically. So right away I jump up, um, I get out the bed, not to you know upset my wife. I get out the bed, not going to live room. Baby, what's the matter? Where you at, Daddy? We at this house party. And some guys ran up and they started shooting. They shot right through the window where we were standing. The glass fell all over me. Uh, we could have been shot. Where are you now? Oh, uh, we everybody left the party. Everybody ran from the house. We're down by some gas station. Okay, um, you know, use my account. Call yourself an Uber. Get in the Uber. You, you and your two friends get back to campus. All right, Daddy, we're going to do it now. Oh, I'm so scared. All right, relax. Just kept my cool, kept my calm. Um, spoke to her. Uh, when she got in Uber, she got back to campus. She, she, you know, she texts me, let me know she's back on campus. I said, all right, get some rest. We'll talk tomorrow. Mm. I could have said, I could have got on the phone with her right away. What the heck are you doing? I told you don't go to no house party. Yeah. Why would you go there? I could have, there's a thousand things I could have said. True. But instead, my thing was swallow that anger. She's back on campus. She's safe. Let her go to sleep. She's scared right now. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay. So it's just things like that that you have to do in order to maintain that trust factor, in order to ma- maintain that level of respect where they know they can call you for anything. Mm, gotcha. Sidebar, because that story reminded me of, remember I was in, um, I was in high school, I think it was my senior year in high school, and... Um, oh, yes, you and your boys went to the basement party. <laughs> went to the basement party, son, and you woke up, and you woke me up, and was like, yo, why is there plaster in your jacket? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just looked at you. I was like, "Yo, it started shooting." And I fell through the wall, <laughs> and I rolled over, and went back yeah. to sleep. <laughs> oh man, I absolutely remember that. Um, it, it, it's fresh in my mind. Your room was right next to mine, and you know, mommy would always be worried about you. Oh, did your brother come in yet? I said, "No, nah, mom. I'm gonna stay up till he comes in." I was like, "Yeah, right." Soon as she went to sleep, I was like, "I'm going to sleep too. I'm not staying up waiting for this guy." <laughs> and, uh, and I remember waking up. And I was like, oh, let me check and see if this dude is here, if he's all right. I remember walking into your room, and I saw your jacket on the chair in your room. You was in the bed, so I could see this. So I said, all right, he's there. But then I looked at your jacket, and you had a red jacket. I'm like, why yep. does the jacket look white? <laughs> I was like, nah, something's not right. So I went over to the jacket, and I shook it. And uh, there's a whole two big chunks of pl- uh, plaster from a, uh, from, a, from a wall. And I'm like, nah, let me wake him up, make sure he has all his body parts. I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> you definitely looked at me and said, yeah, that's what happened. And you turned back over. So I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, being a big brother, I just went. I took all the plastic out of your out jacket, and I took it out to the garbage. <laughs> that's that's what big brothers do. You know? Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I remember that clearly. The jacket was red. It was, matter of fact, it was a structure jacket. Yeah. I remember the name of it. It was a structure jacket. <laughs> red structure jacket. And you had plaster all in the hood of it, and the jacket was white. Oh, man. Took it out, dumped hilarious. it in the garbage, shook the jacket out. And uh, wiped it off with a webcam. 
And uh, that was the end of that story. That was hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, stupid stuff. But just it just makes me think one because it's a funny ass story, and two like the stuff, the stuff you do, and the stuff that repeats itself, and it's things yeah. like that. That that's why you tell your kids certain stuff because you you already know. Like, hey, listen, absolutely, don't do this. All right, it's not a good idea to do this. You're grown, so you're probably going to do it, but it's not in your best interest to do it. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah, why you told we'll us something a, like that. We'll have a discussion later. <laughs> <laughs> that's that why you told us something like that. Like, look, don't go to house parties, all right, guys? <laughs> it's probably gonna be a bad idea. But we gotta learn for ourselves, man. We be wanting to see what's about. Let me see why I'm not supposed to go to this party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? And absolutely, that's what it is. You know, you have to understand that we learn through life experiences. Um, all we have to do as parents is just pray that these life experiences are not costly. Yeah, and that's all you can do. Yeah, definitely. So now you have. So now, Brandon, what is what is your relationship like? Because you you all have seen to um, have gotten better over the years and built a closer relationship. But of course, he's he's a guy, and most boys are more in tuned and up under their mothers for the most part. But you all seem to have more of a um, a homeboy relationship. Like you'll say something to him. He might say he might say something back, or he might be like, "Oh yeah, I got you, cool," and he'll make it happen. Like, how has that relationship been building and bubbling? And bubbling. Um, that, your your nephew is a is a different type of character. <laughs> he's <laughs> sure very, uh, yeah, he's very self self efficient. Um, what I do respect about him um, is that he just moves at his own pace, um, and he reminds me of you a lot. Um, and that's what I had to do. I had to tell myself. As long as he does what I ask him to do, I have to let him be. Um, would I have liked it done yesterday when mm. I asked him to do it? Absolutely. But I also have learned that if I fight him on it, he's going to do it, but he's going to do it out of resentment. Mm. And as parents, that's what we have to realize sometimes. You don't want your child to do things out of resentment because it's not really done properly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not talking about washing the dishes or taking the garbage out. Like, you're going to do what I tell you to do when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, hey, why don't you go to the barbershop today instead of tomorrow? Because tomorrow you got to go to the doctor and you have running around and just, nah, I don't, you know, I, I'm just going to wait. Okay. And then tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, oh, dad, um, could you drop me off at the barbershop because I'm running late for the doctor's appointment? Nah, I can't help you. Yeah. Now you're going to go to the barbershop late, and then now you're going to go to the doctor. And when you go to the doctor, now you're going to sit there all afternoon, and you're going to miss going out with your friend because you're supposed to meet up at 6. But now you're going to be stuck at the doctor late because you had to go to the barbershop instead of the barbershop late. Mm-hmm. But you should have went to the barbershop yesterday when I advised you to. Gotcha. So that's my way of teaching with my son. My son, that's the way I teach him. I let him learn through folks. So I make sure he's not going to learn where he's going to be hurt. But I make sure he learns where he understands, like, damn, if I would have just listened to that, I would have been all right. Mm, got you. Um, and, I, and I mean, a prime example of that is right now. Um, he was in high school, and I said to him, you need to buckle down and raise your average if you really want to go to the University of Buffalo. He wants to be a pharmacist. They have a great pharmacist program. He wants to go there. All right, buckle down and do your work. All right, yeah, I'm on it, Dad. I'm on it. I'm on it. He does. He doesn't buckle down. He just he gets his, he passes without a problem. But instead of having a ninety average, he has a seventy eight average. When I know he could have had a ninety average. Mm-hmm. In return, he applies to school. 
he doesn't get into the University of Buffalo. <laughs> he gets into Morgan. So he goes to Morgan State, which he just completed his first year there. And um, he reapplied to Buffalo because now he finished at Morgan with a 3.8 average. So now you had to go to Morgan and do that when you could have been at Buffalo already. Yeah, you just didn't but I let do what him you're learn supposed that to do. Way because yeah. you didn't get in Buffalo, so now you're going to go to Morgan. Yeah, now you're going to go someplace that you really don't want to go just so you can. Yeah, um, right. Now you right. got to tough it out. He went there. He's like, I really don't want to be here. It's an open campus. It's not closed. Like, I like a closed campus. I don't like this open classroom buildings all down the block. I want a regular campus. I said, well, if you would have did what you had to do, you're seeing here, like I told you, you would have your closed campus. So now he went there. He busted out, finished with a 3.8. And I didn't help him. He reapplied to the University of Buffalo on his own. He did the paperwork on his own. Mm. He has a little he has a little job. I made him pay for his application fee on his own. Gotcha. And now he got growth. in. So now in September, he's going there. But that was his growth period. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Um, all kids need that growth period. They need that um, understanding where they went wrong and adjust and, you know, become adults. Because at this point, he's still he's, he's at the age where he's an adult. Like, he may still be with you all, but he's at the age where he's an adult. And he's going to have to start recognizing certain things and moving moving in the right direction to benefit the next 10, 15 years of his life. Absolutely. So it seems like he's on the pathway to make it happen. So, um, uh, go ahead, guy. No, no definitely. He's a, he's, a, he's a very determined young man. Once he says his mind is something, he's going to do it. Mm. And that seems to be, um, <clears throat> it seems that you all have raised both of them to be very determined they're just determined in different ways. It seems like um, Brandon is very determined on something like, I'm just going to get it done and I'm going to, um, I'm going to get it done. Then I'm going to go about my business and then I'm going to do a, B and C. Like he's real, just determined and like focused. And Brittany seems determined to do every other thing, including what she is passionate about. Like Brandon just do what he's passionate about, and he's and he's cool, he's happy. Brittany seems like she's determined to prove that she can accomplish everything in the midst of having whatever social life, whatever sidebar thing she wants to do, which can be dangerous. But she seems to have a grasp of it. It's just a lot of hard work, I'm sure, and I'm pretty sure the hard work is uh, kicking her butt, and she'll start learning to let go of some of them things that I personally heard you tell her to let go of some of that extra stuff and to just focus on her. But again, it's all about their growth and all about their learning. Even once they're past the, um, in our house stage, once they're even past the adolescent stage, they're still learning. And like you said earlier, you still have to be that listening ear. You still got to be that, that shoulder for them to listen to what they got going on and still provide that guidance. Like just because you're 20, 21, 22, whatever you, we're still there to provide that guidance to them. And it, it just, it shows Consistently, that that's what you're doing with both of them. I definitely, I tr- I try, man. And it, it, like I said, I don't want anybody that's listening to this to think that it's, it's just easy. Um, it, it's not easy. It's work. Um, you know, a lot of people have a misconception: our kids are work when they're young, and then when they get older, it's all it's all gravy. I'm here to tell you, it's absolutely not. It's just as hard. It's just different <laughs> things that's hard. At. It's just different <laughs> you know, level when, of things when now. Younger, yeah, when they're younger, you gotta you gotta go search high and low in Toys R Us to find that toy that they want for Christmas that everybody's sold out of. Mm. Um, and when they're older, you gotta go do overtime to get that extra money so they can go get those sneakers that they want that's super expensive 
So it's um, you know, it, it doesn't. It, the things change, but what the main course of it doesn't change. Got you. Well, my brother, I appreciate you joining me this evening. Uh, I felt good about having you. It's like this is going to be my inaugural show. Who else to have but my brother and to share your stories? You um, you you've reached the uh, you almost at that um. Over the over the peak of that uh, mountain where people always want to get to where all their kids are graduated and they can just kind of chill. So I really want to get your perspective. I appreciate your perspective. I appreciate you sharing your stories and um, letting us know how we do. Um, and again, like I said, thanks for showing up, man. Thanks for being part of the show, my guy. Hey, not a problem. Anything, man. Anytime. All right, folks. That is Will Jenkins. Father of two, one graduated college, one in college now, man. He's um he's trying to live his retired empty nest house. So clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Brother man, I will call you later, man. You have a good rest of your evening. You about to go watch that game or you are you done now that uh now that we now that we out the playoffs. Well, now that we out the playoffs, I'll wait till the championship to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm done now. Until the finals, I'm good. I'm mad mad Brooklyn lost. But um, I was planning my. Uh, I was ready to buy my ticket home. I was ready to get my get my lawn chair and put it out there on um on Flatbush or Fulton someplace for the parade. But hey, uh, everybody's still on the contract, so we'll see what's happening next year. Yeah, absolutely. Next year it is. <laughs> All right, man. You have a good night, brother. All right, you too. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was my um big brother. Clap it up! Clap it up once again. Like I said, he's the father of two. He's he's on his way over the hump, man. He's just about done. He's just about reached the plateau. Um, and as you can see, his relationship with his kids were different based on the oldest one and the youngest one. But in the um, the bottom line was that both were supported, both were groomed and taught lessons through life, and both were raised in a positive environment. We have to be that positive environment. We have to be that lending air. We have to be that support system. Whether we agree 100% with what they have going on and what they want to do, we still got to be there for them. We got to show them love. We can't turn our backs on our kids as they grow older. We can only continue to support them. And their relationships have been getting even stronger as they've gotten older, which shows a long-standing level of support. Well, until next time, next show will be... Next Monday, like I said, every Monday at 11, these shows are going to be dropping. I appreciate the love. I appreciate anybody that's listening. Again, we're on Instagram, Real Dads at Work. We're going to start a YouTube page. We're going to get that going so we can do some live interviews. And I'm just here, man. I'm really trying to change the narrative. I'm trying to show that black dads and dads have been part of kids' lives and we're positive influences and we're building our kids to be right. It's not I know more good dads than I do bad dads And we're here for everything that that encompasses And we're going to keep being here So until next time folks I love you all I appreciate you all listening to me I know sometimes it might get a little monotonous But hey We just trying to spread love And teach y'all a couple of few little gems Peace